You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. I hope everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving holiday. And if you happen to be traveling, still be safe on your way back home or wherever it is you are or wherever it is you're going. We will take a look back at those two games instead of three that happened on Thanksgiving. The Thursday football, a lot of points being scored uh, by at least one team in each one of those games. And we will preview all of Sunday's games. This episode of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You'll get twenty five percent off Black Friday special this weekend only at builtbar.com. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me at Williamson NFL. Matt, I need to get your information about that Steelers ravens game doesn't look good already postponed after we stopped hitting record last week or last episode i should say days feel like weeks at this point um, but i want to talk first about what we saw thursday before we look into the games that are scheduled for sunday and let's start with the early game which was the texans that poured it on the lions in detroit 41 25 both of those teams now four and seven little winning streak for the houston texans yeah i think houston's a respectable team and because of their quarterback mostly, but I mean, cooks fuller. I mean, fuller goes crazy in this game. JJ has a big play. So their, their big dogs are stepping up. Um, they, they, I mean, they've, I think they've played pretty well of late to be very honest with you. I mean, Watson hasn't turned the ball over in a long time and it's still creating big plays. Uh, I, I, I think it was Romo that was the, the color commentator for this one, but whoever it was really laid out how Watson's anticipation has gotten a lot better. Uh, the, the nuances of playing the quarterback position are really starting to click for him, which I think people need to realize with Burrow, Kyler, Herbert, Tua, you know, the guys that are first, second year players, it usually takes this fourth year or so until they the game really slows down for these great talents. His numbers are getting better across the board as well, and yeah. they're not astronomically better. He's already been a very good quarterback, but career highs right now currently in completion percentage and nearing 69% completion. His touchdown-interception ratio, best of his career so far. He should break uh, all of those records as far as uh, passing yards and touchdowns and uh, his average yards attempt are also up so uh i mean he's yeah he's playing such great ball and he has some good receivers too like will fuller two touchdowns um two of his four touchdown passes went to will fuller he does have some weapons at least to throw to on offense obviously which which helps even though there's some other bad teams that uh, quarterbacks get compared to he at least has that going for him uh in houston right now it's it's not deandre hopkins but it's a it's a, still a pretty good situation as far as his receivers go, but the the talk around and look, I don't mean to sort of skip over the Detroit Lions who aren't playing good football right now, but no. there's talk around the league now, and uh, a lot of fans are like asking us. I got tagged a couple of times. Is Deshaun Watson now not only in the conversation? Is he potentially near the top in that MVP race? I don't know how you can give it to wow. a team that's four and seven, that. but he's playing at that level. I mean, what if they get to eight and eight? You know what I mean, like. Uh, they have seven losses now. They're not going to go nine and seven. They're probably not going to get to the playoffs. But their seven losses are against high-quality teams. 
he's playing as well as just about any quarterback. So, okay, I'm open to the idea, but unfortunately for a lot of this is the quarterback wins. I'm not the hugest believer in, but obviously he has a lot to do with them winning and losing. And that showed a ton on Thanksgiving, but he's going to have to probably get to eight and eight to be in that conversation. Right. Or, and, and still that wouldn't be a playoff team most likely. So if you're not a playoff quarterback, as good as he's played and as deserving as he might be in the end, he's just not going to get it. He's not going to get the votes because quarterback wins still matter to enough people that make that vote. And, uh, I, but it's almost more impressive, right? What he's done in that situation, head coach, uh, the, the rosters in, in bad shape. I did mention he has some receivers to throw to at least, but that's all that roster has and he's making the most of it. And, and now they're starting to win games. So I mean, him getting to eight and eight would be, insane right and that would still have yeah. to go uh four and one the rest of the way i mean th- he would have my vote in that case most likely depending on what happens with some other quarterbacks but he almost can't get it because his team's not gonna be good enough right they've won three of their last four they're really turning a corner um i think romeo has helped a lot too uh, and i think he's gonna win mvp awards but uh, to your point just look at it this light like I'm not sure any other quarterback in the league besides wilson and mahomes gets this team to put you know seven or eight wins that's a great Besides point watson. yeah yeah no um awesome what deshaun watson is doing such a great quarterback It'd be awesome to see him have some more talent around him on defense and the running game get everything working there in houston but uh and they don't have a first round pick <laughs> i don't think they have a second round pick either right so no uh, they're in uh they're in rough shape as far as rebuilding that roster but at least they got the quarterback figured out which is pretty darn important we're seeing around the nfl yeah, and meanwhile, just a quick on Detroit, they're going to be very low in the power rank situation. They've lost four of their last five, didn't have Swift or Galladay. They turned the ball over three times in like two minutes. You know, there was back-to-back plays. One of them was the J.J. You know, uh, pick six, yep. which was a great play. Then they turned it over the next series, and then like to begin the second quarter, they turned it over. It's like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, people are calling for Matt Patricia's head, and, and I can see why. That's that. Yeah, uh, interesting. Both these teams might have coaching changes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in fact, I would probably bet on both yeah. of them having coaching changes at the end of the season, and it's already been confirmed that Houston will, even though Romeo, Romeo Cornell has done such a good job there. Uh, I want to get to the other game here from Thursday, which was Washington putting 41 points on Dallas. Don't look now. The football team with no name has first place all to themselves currently as we sit today. Crazy. In the NFC East at four and seven, Cowboys fall to three and eight. Abysmal effort at home by Dallas on Thanksgiving. This is interesting to me because Alex Smith, great story, great comeback. They put up 41 points. He threw for 149 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's not the line you would expect to see from a quarterback whose <laughs> team put up 41 points. Yeah, great point. I mean, uh, anyone that had uh, Antonio Gibson, or I guess Will Fuller for that matter, in their fantasy lineup is pretty happy with how week 12 is opening up for them. Um, I thought a, a couple keys to this game. Frankly, I thought this game would be a lot closer. I picked Dallas to win. And the reality was the game was a little closer. It broke open late, you know, with, with some some big plays. But Dallas hung in there for the for a while. But I thought a real key to this game was in the first half, Washington had the ball for over 18 minutes out of a possible 30 and Zach Martin got injured early. And it was just like Dallas's defense is just always on the field. And we we don't need a lot from Alex Smith. We'll just Gibson's given us plenty and we're just going to control the game in that manner. And then 
as games often do when they start that way, they break open late when Dallas is pretty shot. And three touchdowns for Antonio Gibson on Thanksgiving. That's only been done one other time by the great Randy Moss. So that's some elite company. Wow. Antonio Gibson is in there and a great dual threat catch and run running back there for the Washington. When you get J.D. McKissick, a Peyton Barber too, and Antonio Gibson, that's a lot of talent that can catch the ball out of the backfield. That's a really great, I mean, with Alex Smith as your quarterback, they did. It was sort of accidental that they built it this way, but that's a great way to build an offense around Alex Smith, who's coming off such a devastating injury. Yeah, right. I mean, think about. It. I mean, you're right. I mean, they had Geis and Adrian Peterson. You know, was how they were built. Right. You know, originally, and had, they moved on from those two. But I think Gibson. You know, just as a fantasy note, I bet he's like a second round pick in fantasy next year. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's Maybe a hot even- name over the summer. Uh, he could sneak into the first round in PER, PBR leagues and because that's the hype thing, you know, tends to roll and tends to roll and tends to roll. And then yep. people project, OK, more running back usage as well. Full time back. All of this ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. A coach that likes to run the ball. So, yeah, uh, Antonio Gibson stock way up on him as far as the fantasy universe goes. And Terry McLaurin, he did. Alex Smith did complete some passes to wide receivers and, and seven of those receptions were for Terry McLaurin, who I think it's seven or eight games in a row now has had at least seven catches for 80 receiving yards. Yeah, he's a, he's a superstar. I mean, I, what if you were a chief or, you know what I mean? Or Seattle or, I mean, he's yeah. a great, great player. No, that's a great point. On the other side, Amari Cooper involved heavily looking really good in this matchup, 112 receiving yards on his six catches for a touchdown. And um, yeah, otherwise, I mean, Dallas Cowboys are just not not in a great spot right now. They can't really run the ball. No. Their offensive line is is not playing at a level that you thought they would be one of the best offensive lines in the league. Dalton had a nice game and then comes back down to earth a little bit. Um, defense is just all kinds of bad everywhere. Yeah, uh, I expected them to be better, and I thought early on they hung around okay, but it's it's over now. They're going to pick pretty early in this draft. How crazy is it, though? Real quick, one more note on Dallas. There was the pregame segment they did on Alden Smith and his return to the NFL. Randy Gregory yeah. also making his return to Dallas this season. Uh, Gregory had two sacks in this game, a tackle for loss for Alden Smith. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I would see Alden Smith or Randy Gregory on the field again, and it's two of the best players that Dallas has on defense right now. That's a good point, and extreme talents. And to Jerry's credit, or discredit, depends how you want to build your team, he's always taking chances on, quote, character guys or dudes with issues and part of me i'm not condemning them for it because i think everyone deserves a second and third chance and you don't have a ton invested you know go get a talented guy on the cheap and get a lot of production out of them and maybe resurrect their career for them but it can also go sideways too it definitely can and it was really cool to see that segment because it humanizes a player you you see all the bad press and and you know all the problems that someone like alden smith goes through and then you see the human side of it and hear him talk about where he's come from and where he's at right now. And it's really cool to see that story for a guy who's been so talented and it was such a waste for him to not be in the league when he was. Uh, but Dallas still, they, I mean, they're only one game out of first place. I mean, Washington <laughs> right. leads with four and seven Dallas in the cellar at three and eight right now. Uh, everybody else has three wins in that division. Just a, just a wild NFC East, man. But that's a huge game for playoff implications. It's massive. Huge. It is absolutely right. huge for for both. Uh, dra- it's it's odd that playoff implications and draft implications in the top ten intersect in the same game same for game. both teams. Right, and I'm not positive. I mean, I know like Football Siders does these things, but I bet it had the most playoff implications of any game on the slate this week. 
That's wild. That is wild stuff. Okay, uh, we've got so many games to get into. Make our picks for the Sunday slate coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents or whatever might have held you back, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I watch in a number of different places. I watch every game all day, Sunday, again on Thursday, again on Monday. Uh, Maybe if there's a second Monday night game as we get sometimes, I'm in on that too. And I'm watching uh, multiple games on multiple screens, and I need refreshment. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Of course, we will have everything broken down for you Monday right here on Peacock and Williamson. Every day we've got you covered with everything going on in the NFL. Are we even going to have a game, Matt? You're closer to this than anyone. What is happening with the Pittsburgh Steelers-Baltimore Ravens game? Unfortunate news that not only J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both out already with COVID-19. Now it has been confirmed that Lamar Jackson has tested positive for COVID-19. So uh, both coaches, it sounds like, are telling their players not even to show up to the facilities. Is this game even going to happen? What is going on here with Ravens-Steelers? Already got moved from Thursday to Sunday. Yeah, obviously a lot has changed since Wednesday at noon when we previewed this game as if it was going to happen Thursday night. Um, kind of bummed I didn't get to you know sit back and isolate on this game. But such is life. COVID you know, has changed things many times. Um, here's what I know noon Eastern. And actually, as soon as we're done here recording, I'm going to get in my car and go do my sealer show with Dale Lawley, who was down at the facility at practice like he always is. So he'll be more dialed in. So I apologize. I'm going to get the info a little late to you guys. But what we know is, you know, the Ravens have several positive tests that aren't playing. They're going to need 10 days. And on a Ravens note, I haven't heard anyone talk about this, but the Ravens are scheduled to play next Thursday. They're supposed to go Thanksgiving Thursday. Wow. And there's no way Lamar's going to play in that game. I mean, you need 10 games, like 10 days. So maybe Dobbins and Ingram make it in back, but Lamar's going to miss two if this one happens against the Steelers. And that might be enough to keep them out of the playoffs. Anyway, um, not only are their top two running backs out, but their top two centers are out, which happens to be right where Lamar puts his hands and aligns in between the running backs and the centers over and over. So I got a, a little birdie was telling me, don't be shocked if Lamar is the next positive one. And he is. But here's what's odd to me at noon. And, and the NFL has said they're going to say yes or no today. So by the time you listen to this, we might know if it already, if it's happening or not. The Steelers canceled practice. And, that's not a coach thing to do on Ravens week. I mean, even if Lamar's not playing, but I do know Tomlin pretty much promised, well, he did promise his players that, hey, you're going to play on Thanksgiving, come back to the facility on Tuesday, use it as a mini buy. You got screwed out of your buy with the Titans week or, you know, and had to have a very early one, never got a real buy week. We'll use that as a rest period for you as we get ready down the stretch. So, Maybe that was part of canceling practice Friday, but the Ravens also closed their facility 
And that was their choice, not the NFL's. So it just screams that two veteran coaches and Tomlin's on the co- on the, on the coaches committee, the, 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 the what you call committee. I mean, these guys are dialed in. The Tomlin and Harbaugh know that they're not playing this week. That's the vibe I get. Are they really yeah. going to go play a game, Lamar Jackson? And, and there could be still more positive tests because that's the trend that's happening. Right. And that's why they moved the game in the first place because the way it was trending, they thought, yeah, there might even be more positive tests. So we can't go ahead with this game, which is why they... Uh, they moved it from Thursday in the first place versus some other games where they had played those games as scheduled, even though there was positive tests in those buildings other weeks. It was that there was continuing positives and that it was trending that there was going to be more. So there could still be more tomorrow. And uh, both coaches not practicing, like no practices before a game in the division that, that is so important between these two teams. That that leads me to believe this game is not happening Sunday. Yeah, me too. And I know from a Steeler perspective, like the town is, you know, especially because it's the hated Ravens. Oh, this is terrible. They should forfeit. This helps the Ravens way more than the Steelers. I will admit, yes, it helps the Ravens way more than the Steelers, especially when news that Lamar wasn't playing. You know, if, if this is going to happen week 18 or not happen at all and just play both, play 15 games. And there's two angles here. Because what if they now say, okay, this is we're not going to play week 18. We're going to do the eight playoff thing. Steelers, I know you're 15 and one or 16 and 0, but you don't get a buy. And the Ravens, you're going to be the eight seed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, wow. Well, you know, we, you benefited and we got screwed just because you guys all got COVID, you know, like, and we didn't play this game. But Steeler fans, if you play this game and then Tuesday, Pouncey and Hayward and Watt are all tested positive. That's worse. That's definitely worse. And (laughs) it's wild because the Steelers players also a double whammy or triple whammy, I guess, would uh, not get paid if this game was canceled. Right. Or that's sort of what they're arguing about. I I just saw a tweet from I think it was pro football talk about the league and and the players association are are arguing about that right now because the NFL is saying, oh, yeah, well, obviously, there's no game. There's nobody's going to get paid. And the players association was like, well, no, we're going to everyone's going to get paid for everything. And then the fans are like, well, wait a second. How could the team that did everything right get penalized and not get paid for that? Right, game? right. So, what we do wrong? Why am, I, why am I not getting paid? There's a yeah, lot to figure out. And that's why the league is trying so hard to get these games played at some point. And who knows? Maybe they'll try to play it Tuesday instead. I don't know what's going to happen here, but I have my doubts that they're going to play this game Sunday, if at all. Yeah, and with the Ravens scheduled to play Thursday, so they can't play Tuesday. Oh, you know, right, like, yeah. And and both these and, and the Titans, the first big scare affected these two teams because they both had to change their schedule, so they've already both adjusted. So it feels like it's Sunday, week 18, or nothing. Yeah, uh, I think it would benefit, it, for the Steelers, Just they would have a bye, right, essentially, if they didn't play here, and they wouldn't have to worry about playing against a team where there's a bunch of COVID happening. Right. And, Less chance of getting it. Right. And it would sort of be like, okay, look, you get a bye week. You didn't get a win, but you didn't have to play this game. I think that would be acceptable. I don't know about the whole playoff seeding thing. I, I think they could cancel one game in the NFL landscape Probably. if and, and not change everything with the playoffs and add an eighth team and all that stuff. I, I would assume one game is okay. But at the, the, at the rate this is going right now with this COVID blowing up and, and now with the holidays, I, I have to imagine this is going to spike again. This might not be the last we hear of this kind of situation. And lastly, 
I'm sure the networks are not happy. Like you just took away our Thursday night game that everyone in the world was going to watch. Yep. And we had to put on Bambi or something or, you know, reruns of Fresh Prince or something. <laughs> and and now we're going to give you an NBC game at one fifteen, which is weird with our number one crew. And you're going to cancel that on us. Like that's a lot of money. The networks are losing. Oh, and yeah, that was the game I was looking Huge forward game. to watching too. Was the watching was the PM game. You know, I didn't care about the Lions playing or Washington right, right. and Dallas. I wanted to see that Steelers Ravens matchup in primetime. But now, uh, so the, yeah, that definitely hurts everybody involved. All right, we, we, but even as much a Steeler fan as I am, and you know, uh, no way do the Steelers deserve a win for this. The, the to me, a forfeit is not ever going to happen, nor should it. And the Steelers got their buy taken away, so give them an extra buy this week, and they don't have to worry about losing. And and I, I think that mm. would just that would help them just fine. And then then they might go fifteen and zero instead of sixteen and zero, right. and everyone will say, "Oh, asterisk, yeah. asterisk buy." <laughs> oh, right. There's going to be an asterisk on all this, anyways. I think. Right. They would have one Crazy. if Lamar didn't play. All right. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've lucked out with some things. All right, let's fire through uh, the rest of these Sunday games here. We've got the six and four Raiders at the three and seven Falcons. Las Vegas on the road, favored by three. Give me Raiders all day. I'll give away those points even on the road. See, I, I'm going to go the opposite way. And I've been praising the Raiders, and I praised the Falcons before last week. I just think there's a little bit of recency bias here because Atlanta was playing really well before last week. The Raiders, are we getting a little ahead of themselves after a huge game? Could they let down? I want Atlanta plus three if Julio plays. If not, all bets are off. Okay. <laughs> but I think the Raiders win. Uh, I like that we disagree here. And there's absolutely recency bias for me making that pick, too, because just the, the 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 taste in my mouth with both those teams yeah. is like the Raiders are playing well. The Falcons, they've only won three games. I didn't trust them before. They won a couple games. Oh, maybe. And it's like, no, they're, they're back to who they were. So that's why uh, I'm all in on the Raiders. And I don't think three points is even enough. No, I, I think that's what the general public thinks. And that's why I'm kind of zagging on mm-hmm. that one. But that could cost me. The Raiders win that one by a 30. Yeah, it's tough to be super confident in the Falcons, even if you like yeah. getting those three points. You would like to have more points uh, I, for me to, to bet on the Falcons there. Uh, the Chargers at Bills. We've got three and seven at seven and three here. Buffalo at home favored by five and a half. Yeah, I didn't know if we were doing our six pack or not. So I have a couple games listed and this was going to be one of my picks. Chargers plus five. They're good against the spread. I mean, when they're they always say they play close games, they'll figure out a way to lose. Eckler might return. Bosa's back. No John Brown is key to me. I've just It's been a very strong trend with the Bills offense with and without John Brown. And I think the Bills probably win. Close game as usual. The Chargers lose. Lots of points. But I'll take the five. Yeah, uh, five, five and a half. I'll take that because we yeah. know the Chargers are going to lose, but it's going to be by three, right? Right, exactly. It'll be right at the end, some special. T- they'll get a punt blocked or something. Yeah. A whole bunch of points, a whole bunch of yards thrown by Justin Herbert. That's uh, for sure. That's f- fully how I expect that game to go. All right. When when we come back, we'll run through all the rest of these Sunday games on Peacock and Williams. Here we go. We just had this one a couple weeks ago. The Titans at the Colts this week. Seven and three Titans. Seven and three Colts. Uh, you talked about one of the games uh, earlier this week about having the most playoff implications. This would be the one that uh, that could really compare to that with that Washington-Dallas game. One of those teams is obviously not going to be a wild card if the other wins the division. In this, one of those teams could still lose this game and get into the playoffs. Titans at Colts. We just saw this game two weeks ago. Indy at home favored by three. Yeah, and it was a pretty even game with the exception of special teams. And 
We talked about Charger trends. Titan trends are they lose games on special teams. Will that happen again? The Colts have a huge advantage in that phase, of course. It certainly could, but I bet it's just a little more unlikely, a little you know unpredictable. I'm going to take the points. And a big reason why is no Buckner. You know, I mean, that interior pass rush, the ability to slow down Henry. Buckner's one of the top five to ten defensive players in the league and a key, key component for those guys. I think that hurts the Colts substantially. He's playing so well, and the 49ers are definitely feeling his absence, even though they plugged a first-round pick in there in his spot. He's so impactful because he plays so hard and he plays so many snaps. He's a complete Iron Man, and he's involved in every play, it seems like. So that is a big Big loss. loss. And the Colts, I had not really been on board with the Colts because they hadn't beat anybody good all season long. Their wins were Lions, Bengals, Bears, Jets, Vikings, until two weeks ago when they beat the Titans. Then they followed it up by beating the Packers. So I'm a little bit more on board with what's going on in Indy. The The, the Titans are a team that they're, they're almost the same as they were last year, where it's like, okay, we're going to lose two in a row, but then we're going to beat a good team, and then we're going to lose a good team, and then we're going to beat a good team again when they beat the Ravens last week. So I don't even know what to think about it. This, this game is so hard for me. I guess I'm going to take whoever's getting points here. So I'll go, uh, I'll go Titans and take those three points. But this is one that I don't feel strong about. I just want to kick my feet up and watch it. Yeah, me too. I mean, but it just felt like this should be a one-point spread, one and a half, because home field doesn't really matter. You know, they seem pretty equal to me. The Panthers at Vikings, four and seven. Panthers, four and six. Vikings, these teams are one step forward, two steps back this year. Minnesota at home favored by three and a half. I wish I knew Thielen was playing. Um, I'm going to assume he is. And I think Cook has a big game. Any Vikings game, I immediately think, will Cook be awesome in this game or just really good? I think he'll probably be awesome in this game. So I'll lay the points, but I don't really want to touch it. Three and a half is not uh, friendly to me. Not super friendly. Um, I, I'll i take the Vikings. But I've been pretty pro Panthers a lot this season. Yeah, you have. And, and getting points... You know, it's three and a half. The, the half maybe helps a little bit. Yeah, whatever. I'll go I'll go Panthers because whenever they're counted out is when they win. So I'm going to stick with that. I'll go Panthers. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I doubt in this the Vikings game. drop 35 on them. Uh, they're expecting to get Teddy back. So Yeah. I would kind of like to see more of P.J. Walker, but that's a side. That was going to say, and, and I said this. That's why I picked the Panthers last week. I wish I, wish I would have put them in my six-pack, but I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And it... That's not a knock on Teddy, but just with the program no. that's going on in Carolina, Teddy's not the reason that they've won the four games that they've won. And P.J. Walker's not uh, just a, a nobody guy off the street. He has some talent, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing right. a little bit more of him as well. Yeah, I mean, when when they're officially eliminated, I think it'd be smart to maybe have Walker start the last two games or, you know, or kept Teddy out for this one, but... I understand. I mean, Teddy's more accomplished. He's making a lot more money. Yeah. It's not a great message to the to the the whole organization if you bench the guy that's making you know ten plus million dollars. But right. I would like to see more Walker. Yeah, he's the starter. He's being paid like a starter. He's got to play if he's ready. Yeah, we've got the Cardinals at the Pats. The six and four cards in New England facing the four and six Patriots. Cardinals favored by two here on the road. This is an interesting line right away with the way the Patriots have played. Uh, losing last week the Texans, I'm thinking, okay, you got to go cards easy, and two points isn't enough. But Bill at home, uh, may- maybe not. Yeah, it's interesting because these guys aren't all the same, but they got Watson, Lamar, and Kyler three in a row in terms of just 
you know, challenging your linebacker speed and the athleticism and playmaking and the ability to extend plays these guys bring. And Lamar's the best runner. Watson's the least runner. Kyler's somewhere in between. But I was fiddling around on football outsiders today, and the Pats D is last in DVOA. Last. I mean, they were first or second last year. Wow. They're slow. I think the cards whip up on these guys. Rex Burkhead is out. Uh, did you see the rumors yeah. that um, Dante Hightower might retire? Really? Yeah. I wonder how many. Again, this is something for another day. But the guys that opt out, I bet a lot of them do. That's interesting. Guys that have been around for a while. And it's like, this is exhausting. And I'm not even playing in the NFL this year. <laughs> Maybe some right. players that played the NFL, too, are just like, geez. And especially are those this, guys working out. If this you know? lingers into OTAs and stuff, people will be like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm not going to go through this crap yeah, another drink season. Drinking beer all year. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, what kind of shape are you in? <laughs> that's a great point. Some of these big guys can gain weight really oh. quickly. A lot of those nose tackles opted out. I'm curious what they all look like yeah, right or now. Or offensive linemen losing weight. You see those offensive right. linemen oh, that point. are 300 pounds, and all of a sudden they're 260. Yeah. Cards. I'll take the cards and uh, give up those two Yeah, I, like, I feel good about that one. Yeah. Dolphins at Jets. Six and four Dolphins on the road in New York. Is this the week the Jets get their first win of the season, Matt? Ooh, I can't go there, but it looks like it's going to be Darnold. Um I think the you know Darnold versus Tua. Tua is going to be the the starter. Did you say it was six and a half? Yeah, the uh, line I, I just can't find it. On my I'm seeing seven here. right now. Seven. I think that's enough, but I I don't trust Miami's offense to put up a lot of points. And Jets are coming off a bye, and they're playing a little better the last month or so. I can see us being close, but I could absolutely see a defensive or special team score again from Miami's defense, and that will be more than enough to clinch that. In a lot of ways, in, in almost every way, <laughs> Flacco was outplaying Darnold anyway. So I don't know yeah. if that necessarily helps the Jets that Darnold's back in there. I, I, I think a healthy Darnold would be an upgrade, but uh, he hasn't proven that yet. And uh, Flacco almost led him to a victory, actually, when he was in there in He's competent at quarterback, and there's been times when Darnold flashes some great stuff and then times when he's awful. So uh, I don't know what to expect there from the Jets. I don't like giving up seven points, but I can't bet on the Jets. Within a touchdown, I think the Dolphins can win by a touchdown here. The Dolphins are just playing so well, even though it might be low-scoring enough, and, and we just saw Tua get benched that this could stay within seven. I just don't feel confident enough in the Jets yeah. to even go there for seven points. If it was something like nine, ten, maybe I would go Jets. Start the Dolphins special teams defense and fantasy. There you go. Good point. Good call <laughs> on that angle. one. I do. I am excited to see Tua play in this game. See Darnold throwing to Mims. I like Denzel Mims a lot. So a lot. Uh, I would like a to lot. see that connection at least a little bit down the stretch. Be some fun for Jets fans to see. The Browns at Jaguars. Jags at one and nine, hosting the seven and three Browns. Cleveland favored by uh, six and a half here. Yeah, I think Chubb and Hunt just rule the day, and you don't need a ton from Mayfield. Uh, the Jags' pass defense is really bad anyway, so I think Baker does more than enough. Uh, I'll, it's, this seems like it should be like an eight-point spread to me. This seems like an under game to me. 49 and a half. Yeah. I don't even know about the spread. I would just take this one under. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they might just run the ball the whole fourth quarter and right. not score many points. Right, exactly. And it might not Jags be. Jags' going to be on the field a lot. Might not be a good situation for your James Robinson and DJ Chark to play. Um, I mean, true, true. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on this one. I will take, nah. I will take Cleveland because I think it's going to be low scoring. 
I mean, I'll take the Jag- I'll take the Jaguars and the six and a half points because I think Cleveland will win, but I think it's gonna be low scoring enough that they can keep it within six and a half points. Betting on Mike Glennon. Oh, you're right. Now you're hesitating. <laughs> Yet another quarterback is in for the Jags. I don't know that that's so good. Oh, Mike Glennon is probably. I don't love the Browns. I just think they control the thing. Yeah, you're right. And at six game. and a half, it's not seven. They can win by a touchdown. Mike Glennon is yeah. probably one of the last quarterbacks I would want to see playing for my team. Like, that's when you know. Like, such <laughs> a like, retread. And it's definitely like, and my apologies no to upside. Mike Glennon and the Glennon family, just like the way he looks, too. Just no, does not give me confidence when I see that guy. It's like, I, I don't want that guy playing quarterback for my football team. Yeah. Or I don't want to be his right guard in the huddle with him. Like, oh, Mike's got this. We're fine. <laughs> uh, no, and he might so. be the, mo- I mean, he might be the most confident, smartest, sharpest guy out there, too. But I'm he sure doesn't he's look well, like dude. It. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, no, I don't. Th- I don't feel good about that one. <laughs> Saints at Broncos. Saints obviously favored in this one. With the way the Saints are playing, I know they're on the road in Denver, which can be a tough place to play. And I know Drew Brees is out, favored by six here. I still might want to give up those points. I love what that defense has done. I think they could do a number on uh, on Drew Locke in that Broncos offense. Yes, but I fear both defenses are going to do that. To the opposing quarterback Fangio. I, I know Hill's been around the block longer than Tua, but Fangio really gave Tua problems. And I just think a new quarterback that doesn't throw, that has obvious weaknesses, both these defenses could be really hard to play against. I think it's a big number, although the Saints are a much better team than Denver. I want the six points. I think both quarterbacks really stumble. And you mentioned it. When in doubt, road team playing in that air that many of these guys probably never have. I think that could be, you know, some garbage points maybe for Denver late when New Orleans is tired. And for another clue on this one, when you see Saints Broncos, you see an eight and two team, you would think that, okay, this could be a pretty big line. Uh, the over under is the lowest of the week, actually lower than that Dolphins Jets hmm. line. 43. And I wonder if half. they're expecting weather or something. Yeah, let's see. Uh, 46 degrees and sunny is what I'm seeing here. Yeah, so it's a beautiful Denver day. Uh, yeah, it should be a, a beautiful day in Denver. But yeah, the lowest over under on the week too, which, which obviously is a factor there in that line. I guess that's kind of to my point too, where two good defenses, two unproven quarterbacks, you know, I mean, I think both those guys could be confused and struggle. Makes it difficult for one team to win by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm taking the points, which is what makes me want to go back on my prediction and take the jets too, but I'm not going to, I, I'm, I just, <laughs> Uh, let's see. We got the 49ers at the Rams. The Niners dealing with their own COVID situation. They had nine players on the COVID reserve list to start the week. I don't think they're going to have Trent Williams in this game, but Kyle Shanahan expecting and hoping that everybody else will get through protocols. The, uh, both first round draft picks, Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw on the COVID reserve list. Eric Armstead did come off of that list already this week. They're hoping to get Raheem Mostert back, which would be a huge boost for the running game. Maybe Richard Sherman back, maybe Debo Samuel back. This was the week post by the Niners were supposed to get well. And now they have, I think at least seven players today as we're doing this on the COVID reserve list and and a lot of starters. So uh, just a bad situation for the Niners, which is the reason why the Rams are favored by six and a half. Yeah. I I honestly am a little behind in times on the news because of Thanksgiving didn't realize the COVID situation was that rampant with the Niners because I was going to take them. They were one of my five teams that I was considering picking. And just because Rams coming off a huge win Monday night, Niners coming off a bye, 
trust the coaching staff. I thought they'd keep it close, but I don't like hearing any of that COVID stuff. Yeah, and if this game was – the 49ers luckily had a bye. They might not have been able to play last week because it was a bad situation in their building, that? and it looks like things are trending in the right direction. They're hoping everyone's going to test negative, and they'll get those players back, which will definitely be a boost. And I think the 49ers coaching staff has really had the, the Rams number in yeah. recent seasons, which definitely would have made me want to take those points. But right now, I just can't. I think the Rams can win this one by – a touchdown. I, I just don't like the way things are going for the 49ers. And I do Rams like the really way good. the Rams are playing on, on offense yeah. and defense. So I'll give up those six and a half. I think the Rams can win by a touchdown here at home. Yeah. I'm going to change my mind on that just because of the COVID stuff that you mentioned. And um, I, I thought the short week and the long week situation and, you know, trusting Shanahan. Right. But I don't love the, the, the COVID stuff that I'm looming because a lot of those guys probably haven't practiced and the Rams are rolling. Yeah, and if we got better word at the end of the week and everyone was going to play for the 49ers and they'd be getting players back and Debo is going to be out there and Ayuk and, and Raheem Mostert and the line was like six and a half or seven, then I might take those points. But right now I just can't. Yeah, I was going to say, if this was seven or seven and a half, I might be changing my tune. But at six and a half, mm-hmm. I got to be pretty confident that those guys are playing. The Chiefs at Buccaneers. This is going to be a fun one in Tampa. The 9-1 Chiefs at the 7-4 Buccaneers. Is Brady washed? People, I mean, we're talking about recency bias. Everyone was all over Tom Brady last week after uh, everyone was very pro-Buccaneers just a week or two prior. Uh, but a couple of bad efforts by the Bucks offense recently. They only put up three points against the New Orleans Saints, a couple of interceptions, uh, a couple of bad ones, actually, an arm punt type of interception. You don't see that a lot from Tom Brady last week against the Rams. And now they get the Chiefs here in week 12. Kansas City favored by three and a half. I feel like it's not quite enough. I'll go Casey. I, I agree. I mean, there's not much of a home field advantage. Um, Casey's playing great, but they're not a perfect football team either. They have some warts. And you mentioned Brady. I don't want to say he's done, but he's a shell of what he used to be. But I blame Bruce Arians as much as I blame Tom Brady. Like, they should be running a Pats quick hitting, get it out of your hand. You know, they're asking him to be closer to Jameis Winston than Pats Tom Brady. And that's a mistake. I mean, that's just a flat-out mistake. And there's a lot of moving parts there. Sometimes they run the ball. Sometimes they don't. You know, like, I don't feel like the offense has an identity, and you're probably not going to change the stripes on Brady and Arians at this stage of the game. Um, and as much as I respect Todd Bowles and the Bucks D, I almost don't care what defense it is. The Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points. It might just take a little longer, but uh, I think Kansas City wins this game pretty big, to be honest. Yeah, Kansas City has somewhat of a matchup-proof offense, and come on, Bruce yeah. Arians, no risk it, no biscuit. Everybody knows. You've, have you not read the TB12 method? Tom Brady doesn't eat biscuits. That's not part of his diet. Not allowed, yeah. All right, we've got the night game, Bears at Packers, NFC North. The Bears have got to start winning some games if, if they want to hold on to that uh, in-the-hunt category of the NFC playoff pictures. They are in Green Bay to face the 7-3 Packers. I love this Bears D more and more. I hate the offense more and more. Mike get Trubisky. Uh, we've called this from the beginning. These quarterbacks can go back and forth all year. I would hope coming after the bye, you could self-scout a little bit, and I think the Packers' defense is very vulnerable. I'm still taking Green Bay. And I believe there's some COVID concerns in this game as well. And yes, uh, it's looking like it's not going to be Foles, and it will be Mitch Trubisky. Oh, baby. Those are the trends for 
And maybe this will help. Maybe this whole thing will help Trubisky to have sat for a I while. I hope he runs. And, yeah, and, and maybe they'll utilize his talent a little bit better in that Green Bay Packers defense we saw last week. We've seen many times this year they are susceptible to giving up some points. So, and actually, that line, the book I'm looking at, that line just got turned off. And I know there's some COVID-19 concerns with that game. Just want to double-check the latest while you do, just a little note, we skipped Giants Bengals, which is I need no time at all on it, but that was going to be my pick of the week. Giants oh. minus six and a half. I think they're going to, I think the Bengals are going to be so bad without Burrow that six and a half is not nearly enough for a team that's getting better coming off a bye. That defense will smother Cincinnati. And I think the Giants win by 14. Now, that's my favorite bet of the week. Wow, okay, by 14, I like that, double digits, not just <laughs> win that game, respect. win by 14, I'm glad you picked up on that, I definitely just zoomed right over that game. Uh, I that, probably that, wouldn't have if it wasn't my favorite. Uh, we've got that Bears facility closing down for COVID, that's what's going on right now. Wow. Ooh, this is getting like old, man. Cody Whitehair. All this COVID stuff. Cody Whitehair tested positive, and it looks like uh, Jackson Boy, there, as like well. Eddie Jackson is on the uh, reserve COVID list as well, so. Oh, I'll take the pack. Yeah. Uh, and w- what's that line is the question. Wow. And their O-line so bad anyway. And I think Whitehair is one of their serviceable linemen. Jackson's a great player, whether he plays or not. Man, all this COVID stuff is getting really old. This <laughs> kid's very old. Eight and a half or nine is what I'm seeing right now for the Packers' favorite. It's a lot of I'll points. lay that. Wade Rogers is playing. They'll fig- that, that, the Bears' D is just going to be on the field the whole game. Second half is going to belong to the Packers' offense. Division rivals know each other well. I'll go Bear. I'll, I'll take nine points with the Bears and Trubisky having a little bit of magic coming back just to make things okay. more convoluted for that Bears quarterback situation because, of course, this is what would happen. Trubisky comes back, wins, then they don't know what to do at quarterback, and, and whatever they choose is the wrong answer. It probably is, but I would. <laughs> Trubisky's been risk-adverse and un, you know doesn't always pull the trigger. Dude, you got nothing to lose. This might be your last start. Just let it, let it, let it fly. Run, create, be an athlete, you know, see what happens. See where the chips fall. Yeah, and if there's a blowout, it's going to be on the Packers' side for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, good stuff, Matt. Those are the Sunday games. Hopefully those games get played. We'll see, and we'll be back Monday to break it all down right here. Peacock and Williamson.